but I thought it'd be interesting to share the, what those five types are and then maybe see if any of them kind of jump out at you as as a type of imposter that you are it's like a video game choose your <laughs> imposter you know and they're like standing there like <laughs> idle it'd be cool if you could choose your impasta and then you get to choose a type of pasta <laughs> yeah i am hungry uh, <laughs> how many times is that gonna come up during this episode at least three or four more times <laughs> yeah at least Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Silly Little Anxieties. We are your hosts, Mer, Olivia, and Raquel. And this is our seventh episode. Ooh, seventh heaven. When I see their happy faces. Remember that song? You know that show? <laughs> I remember that show. Jessica Biel. Oh yeah, that was her prime. Well, actually, no. Yeah. That was not her prime. <laughs> That was her big hit, right? Is that what you call it? Yeah, her big break. Her debut. Her big break. Her big break. That's what it is. Yeah. Big her hit. She's not a singer, break. so that's wrong terminology. <laughs> um, but the Reverend, Reverend Camden, got canceled. Remember that? Recent allegations. What did he get canceled for? <gasps> what? Yeah. What? You got to look it up after. Spill the tea. Well, oh, I don't okay. have much tea. I just know that he's he's canceled. Damn. Wow. Well, I mean, am I surprised? I don't know. No. It's just kind of He's weird. Kind of, he was kind of yeah, creepy. And then he was kind of weird. A lot of, there are a lot of, like, you know, Ruthie, like, she was so young, and, like, all of his daughters were so young. Oh, like, it makes kind of makes me... Ugh. Ugh. God. Oh, my God. I can't... That show really brings me back, though. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't thought about it in a while. <laughs> Definitely ate some popcorn after school watching that show. I just love how Jessica Beale's character was so sporty. Like she's always playing basketball. Remember? Mm. She was inspirational. Yeah. Anyway, very true. Yeah. So anyway, what are we talking about today? Well, yeah, our topic today is one that I'm sure we've all experienced, um, especially if you're a woman in any type of professional environment. And this would not be a podcast about anxiety if we didn't talk about imposter syndrome, right? <laughs> imposter uh, syndrome. Oh, imposter not pasta. syndrome. Pasta. Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> imposter. Uh, I feel like the word imposter has been ruined by Among Us because every time I think of imposter, I just think of the little Among Us icons and they're like, imposter. Oh, yeah. Um, anyways, so we can start off just by <laughs> defining the term. <laughs> I think that would yes. be the best way yes. to jump right into this topic. So I'm sure okay. a lot of people know, but Miriam Webster, this is where I'm getting the official, official, <laughs> the official, <laughs> the official, the official, the official, uh, definitional comes from Miriam Webster <laughs> and it is a uh, a psychological condition that is characterized by persistent doubt concerning one's abilities or accomplishments accompanied by the fear of being exposed as a fraud despite evidence of one's ongoing success. So that's the 
Merriam-Webster definition, but um, it's a psychological condition. I know a psychological condition. They are actually calling it that, which is Whew. surprising. Um, wow! But the the term came from psychologists um, Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imez, I think is how you say her name. Um, and they originally developed this concept in a study in 1978, where they first called it like imposter phenomenon. Um, and during that study, they focused on high achieving women and basically were saying that like despite outstanding academic and professional accomplishments, women who experience the imposter phenomenon persist in believing that they really are not bright and have fooled anyone who thinks otherwise. So that's yep. another wow. way of looking at it. And then okay. I guess recent evidence actually suggests that 70% of people will experience imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon at some point in their lives. Wait, of, of people or of people women? People is the, is the note that I saw. People. Mm-hmm. And it's actually okay. funny because yeah. I saw on LinkedIn, like a woman had posted about imposter syndrome and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I love to get into the comments section and, you you just see all these men that obviously like, <laughs> imposter syndrome is not just for women like men experience imposter syndrome too blah 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 which i'm sure that they do but yeah so this this uh, particular stat references both um genders interesting mm-hmm. i mean yeah. i can totally see that that men would experience it too i feel like maybe it's just more talked about with women specifically Totally. People who identify as women. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, you know, take men out of the box, but the reason why it's being talked about that women experience this is because we've struggled over the years and still do to this day when it comes to our careers and just in general. Yeah. Well, then that leads me to my first question for you all. Um, and I'm sure the answer is yes, but do you or have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? Yes. Well, that's going to be a yes for yes. me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought about this question a lot because if you were asking me this question maybe a year or two years ago, I would say that yes, I have it. But asking me now, I would say I experience it, but I don't have the condition. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, so just because I've like, I don't know, it's, it's something I've thought I had for a really long time. And then I even took a course on it. No way. (laughs) So like I found this, it was like through this online women's tech community forum thingy um someone was offering a free course on it and how to like deal with it and stuff like that and uh if I'm being honest it was really boring and I didn't enjoy it (laughs) I don't like I just don't I didn't find it very helpful and like I think because I was just already kind of getting to that point of like I don't have this anymore I think it's more of like I just experience it in certain moments right of my of my career like really specific moments if that makes sense yep that makes sense so yeah what about you Liv I mean I haven't really thought about it but I definitely have experienced it 
now when I do think about it, but previously, like over the years, I never really thought that that was what I was experiencing. So I don't know. It's kind of, it's definitely situational, like what Rack was saying, Mm -hmm. where certain things happen and you kind of experience it. But yeah, it's interesting to think about and to really analyze those situations that happen in your day to day and kind of see yourself and how you react to them. I find that it's, um, for me at least, it's tied to how long I might be at a company. So if I haven't been there for very long, I definitely experience it more in the early months. And then once I kind of get to know the company and how they operate and all of the little quirks, then I'm more confident in my abilities to, I don't know, solve problems and things like that. So then I feel it less and... I probably just get more frustrated with other people who don't know what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I mean, yeah, for me, I think I definitely experience imposter syndrome quite often. Like, I experience the feelings of, like, self-doubt. And then, obviously, more recently, just because I've started a new role that I've never done before. It's, like, completely brand new. Um, I'm seven months in now, but I, the imposter syndrome feels less, but sometimes it's still there. And I think it has a lot to do with, with the fact that, and Hey, maybe, maybe it's not imposter syndrome and maybe I actually don't know as much as I think that I do and I'm (laughs) right in my feelings. But a lot of the time it's just like more so just being like, Oh shit, like I did that. And just like, not really giving myself enough uh, credit for doing stuff that like I should you know feel more comfortable or whatever doing but yeah like I definitely feel like a fraud sometimes and just like how did I how did I get here like what am I doing like you know but um, you kind of just like I just try to power power through those thoughts and feelings Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day I feel like they're only they're only hindering me they're not helping me get anywhere so yeah I consciously think about that and try to like push push those thoughts down often yeah I think it's I think what's interesting about it is it's so easy to kind of dive into that rabbit hole of like feel of that feeling of being a fraud and you forget everything you did to get to this point to be, you know, work to be like in the position mm-hmm. that you're in. Like, like you took courses, you, you went through quite a lot to get this role that you're in now. And it's, and like, even for me, like I think about when I look at my experience, I'm like, oh, wow, I've done like quite a lot of things and I've been fairly successful Um, But it's so easy to forget that when you're in that moment of like, I have no idea what I'm doing or why I'm here or why they hired me, blah, blah, blah. And you forget about that past self, you know, that got you here in the first place. Yeah, that's true. It's like kind of like what Liv said about how it's super situational and it, it is always in those moments. It's not like I'm always thinking about the fact that I'm terrible at my job and that's the only thing I think about. And I don't think that, but then something will happen where you're like, oh, and then every, like, like you said, everything just 
goes out the window any sense of like yeah. you're, you're almost like being irrational like it's not it's nonsense because if that were the case then you probably you probably wouldn't have the job um so <laughs> yeah it's just a friendly reminder to one oneself um i was when i was reading up about the topic um and i came across an article where they was this researcher dr valerie young she actually categorized um imposter syndrome into into subgroups uh so she has five different types of imposters and this is new to me i didn't know that i thought it was just you know you mm. have imposter syndrome and that's that um but i thought it'd be interesting to share the, what those five types are and then maybe see if any of them kind of jump out at you as as a type of imposter that you are it's like a video game choose your imposter you know and they're like <laughs> standing there like <laughs> idle it'd be cool if you could choose your imposter and then you get to choose a type of <laughs> yeah i am hungry uh, <laughs> how many times is that gonna come up during this episode at least three or four <laughs> more times yeah. at least yeah. okay I am also having pasta tonight. Oh, so very, very fitting. It's on the brain. Pasta on the mm. brain. Um, okay, I will list the five. I'll explain <laughs> them briefly. Like, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. Uh, so, we'll listen up. So, the first one is the perfectionist. Um, and it's basically perfectionist where they set excessively high goals for themselves. And then when they fail to reach a goal, they experience a lot of self-doubt and worry about measuring up. And whether they realize it or not, this group is a little bit uh, like control freaky and they kind of feel like if they want something control done freaky. right, then they have to do it themselves. And yeah, control freaky. That's a technical freaky. term, right? <laughs> I said that. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a, she actually writes this in her, uh, in her publication. No, she doesn't. Um, <laughs> the next one is the superwoman slash superman. So, uh, people who experience this phenomenon are convinced that they're phonies amongst their like real deal colleagues. They often push themselves to work harder and harder in order to measure up. But this is a false cover of their insecurities and the mm. work overload may harm not only their own mental health, but also their relationship with others. Interesting. And then mm. third is the natural genius. So these people um, with this competence type, they believe that they're just naturally smart or natural geniuses. And so they judge their competence based um, on ease and speed as opposed to their efforts. So if they take a long time to master something, they feel like ashamed. So they just set a really high internal bar from themselves, uh, for themselves and are similar to the perfectionists, but they don't judge themselves based on ridiculous expectations. Oof. Uh, they also judge themselves based on getting things right on the first try. So mm. a lot of pressure. Um, then you've got the soloist. So these are people who feel as though asking for help reveals their phoniness. Um, so that's what she refers to as soloists, uh, where it's, it's okay to be independent, but not to the extent that you refuse assistance uh, so that you can prove your worth. And then the fifth one is the expert. So these people, they measure their competence based on what and how much they know believing that they will never know enough. They fear being exposed as inexperienced or unknowledgeable. Hmm. So those are the wow. five. Any of them jump okay. out at you. Yeah, those are all really good. I know. It's so interesting that she was a, well, obviously she researches this, but it's interesting that, because they're all like kind of 
similar like you know at the end of the day it's the same type of feelings but she was able to like break it down even further into five subcategories and i'm like okay cool yeah but what do you think did any of these jump out at you um well when i first read it previous to recording i thought i was a mix of the perfectionist and the soloist um the perfectionist because i am a control freak uh, if you don't know about uh our podcast and the editing <laughs> anyway she's control freak gay <laughs> Um, but like to this day not yet I've not been called or accused of a micromanager and I don't think I'd ever be that person so that's one thing that I did not check off the list um, because it says have you ever been accused of being a micromanager which I've experienced that myself so I know I soared myself that I get I become a manager one day for somebody I would never do that to them um, as much of a control freak that I am um And then when you were reading them out again, the other one that kind of jumped out was the natural genius. I'm not a genius. <laughs> Let's just start from there. Um, but I don't know. It just kind of it's interesting because I don't necessarily judge myself, but I do put a lot of pressure on myself on figuring out things on my own. So the soloist. Mm-hmm. And then I expect myself to get it right the first time. And if I don't, then it like upsets me. I, it's like an internal battle, but it's not like a dramatic thing it's just like wow it sounds rough get it right next time <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah like the soulless for sure like 100 percent. like if i go to a grocery store or walmart for example and i can't find something dylan will always be like why don't you just ask somebody i'm like because i'll find it faster than they will oh, i don't need wow. anyone's help wow. <laughs> <laughs> i like refuse um and then i do find it faster so i haven't been wrong yet <laughs> But yeah, so I'm kind of just like maybe a mix of three, but like you said, all of them are very similar. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I I feel like I'm the same except for the perfectionist because I, I don't consider myself um, a perfectionist in that sense, but it seemed I, I resonated more with the, um, with the soloist because yeah like I'm all like I can I'll figure it out myself and and then I feel like I will like I'm afraid to ask questions because I don't want to come across as though I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm talking about so then I prefer to just find the information on my own but this one is something that I've learned more recently but it's better to ask questions like people prefer that especially your managers because it actually means that you that you care and that you want to do things right but and then that helps with my second uh one that I resonate with a lot which is like you again the natural genius where for me I do want to I want to get it right the first time like I'm just I just judge myself based on how quickly I can pick things up because I've always been told that, oh, like you pick things up so quickly. And it's kind of something that I <laughs> that I'm like, oh, OK, this is a personality trait that I have. So I need to to do that always. And then it doesn't work, but it works when you ask questions. So now what I do is I ask a lot of questions and then when I do it, I do it right the first time so that I can be the natural genius that's my imposter syndrome hack <laughs> boom <laughs> <laughs> just came you to me the system. well that's that all sounds really hard <laughs> yeah it's not uh, that's why we're doing this podcast welcome, <laughs> welcome to our lives <laughs> 
Yeah. This is why we have anxiety. (laughs) I would say I'm a mix of the perfectionist and the superwoman. Some of the questions from those descriptions, because in the link you provided us, which we'll include in our show notes, um, were like, do you have difficulty delegating? Or even when you do, do you feel frustrated and disappointed in the results? Do you miss, when you miss the mark on something, do you accuse yourself of not being cut out for your job and ruminate on for days? Oh my gosh, yes. And do you stay later? Like, do you stay later in the office than the rest of your team, even if you've already done that day's like necessary work? I, so again, I'm going to, I would say I like, it really depends on where I'm at in my journey with a company so if it's like initial like if I just started I definitely feel more of that like um superwoman of like I don't know anything and so I just have to learn everything um and so I'm gonna stay really late and just work on everything and just show like try to like prove myself um in that way but I I am control freaky as well and I just (laughs) sometimes think it's better to do myself (laughs) which I've had to really learn to move away from that being a manager because it's not helpful for anybody. Like then my reports don't learn to do things and then they they don't have work to do and then they're not self-sufficient and it's just a it just snowballs into like more problems. So I've I've really learned to delegate, but it's it's a hard step for me sometimes. Especially if I'm like if I've been promoted or grown into a different role where I'm taking different responsibilities. But, Mur, as you were reading it, I feel like I sometimes, it's a little bit of the expert, like um, wanting to know everything and be really knowledgeable and being like having people depend on me in that way. Mm. Like I love when people are like, how do I do this? And then how do I do that? And like they, where they're constantly asking me questions on everything. And I'm like, wow, it feels really good to like know all of these things. And then when I don't know something, I'm like, oh my God, like what am I doing with my life? <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So I, I don't know. feels like I'm a bit of everything. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. They're all, they're all super similar. Um, but I guess they just, all make us feel shitty <laughs> yeah <laughs> and results is the same yeah <laughs> um it's funny because yeah obviously there's imposter syndrome and now today or whenever finding out that there's five types of imposter syndrome okay um but when did you actually hear about the term imposter syndrome like when did you first hear that and then were you were you like oh this is there's a term for these feelings that I experienced at work like were you surprised or what was it like for you uh I would say it definitely felt validating and like I almost felt relief um you know when like people are having like a health problem and they're like and the doctors can't figure it out and then when they actually find out they're everyone's like I feel relief even though it's like now I gotta you know, cure myself or whatever. Um, <laughs> I definitely felt that way where I was like, oh, and it, it also felt comforting that it was something that other people were experiencing and it wasn't just me and it wasn't the fact that I didn't know what I was doing and that like 
I was just fooling myself and trying to get a certain role or position or more responsibility. Um, and it made me feel like I could step out of it, you know, and be like, okay, this is just a feeling. It's not real. Mm -hmm. And I actually do know what I'm doing. Totally. I, I get that. Cause it's, I only like recently heard about, not recently, but maybe like two years or something since I've actually known that mm. that was a term and it causes you so much anxiety in the moment when you're experiencing those feelings. But I found that when I, um, when I, when you, like you said, like when you know that this is a thing, it's like a thing that someone has put a name to <laughs> and it's, it's something that a lot of people um, are experiencing it's almost like oh it kind of like took it took away that big like big anxiety umbrella over it more more so yeah. because it just felt like okay this is a common thing that I'm experiencing and then as well there's tons of stuff where people that you can talk to then because you're like okay this is these are the feelings that I'm feeling and how do I overcome this stuff at work and blah 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 so I felt like that was comforting in a, in a sense, just like knowing that I'm not alone and like really not alone because there's a lot of... Everybody's feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Majority of people anyway. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like I felt the same way where it was kind of enlightening a little bit, um, realizing that you're... Because you tell yourself like, okay, you're being ridiculous. But then when you hear it that everyone else is experiencing the same thing... It's kind of nice. And it brings me back to um, when my therapist told me uh, one thing that is like a study that they're doing recently is treating your anxiety like it's your little sister. So you hear her, you feel how she's feeling, but maybe mm. what she's experiencing isn't as, you know, heightened as she's feeling it to be. So it was just kind of made me think of that because the same idea. Yeah. That's so interesting. Like, yeah. Separating it as a person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I like that. it. You can talk to yeah. her. Talk, yeah. Calm her down. Like sis. Just be like, it's okay. You're okay. <laughs> you don't need to be stressed about this right now. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> We're going to get some snacks and forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Lil Liv. That's why I picture your little sister's name. Lil Liv. Or I guess that's the name of your Lil anxiety. Liv. <laughs> Yeah, my anxiety sister. <laughs> I thought I was your anxiety <laughs> sister. I know there's multiple. <sighs> okay. Not just you two. <laughs> Wait, did I answer your initial question? I learned the term a few years ago. Oh, yeah. You didn't mention that, but you now have mentioned that. Oh, I did? Okay. No, you didn't. Okay. So now I've mentioned I didn't. Yeah. Okay. So great. <laughs> just glad we cleared that up. <laughs> Hilarious. Um yeah and it's funny because the term has been around since or the at least the term imposter phenomenon since 1978 so it's been kicking around for yeah. a while but i feel like there was a hmm. resurgence like once we people started talking more about work and toxic work environments and like how women are treated in the workplace and things like that i feel like those conversations i think it was because of yeah, I think it was because of tech. Oh, yeah. The tech industry. True. Uh, like, because it was a lot of, it was like primarily men 
for the first little while and then you know more and more women started working at tech companies and started realizing that shit's fucked yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's hilarious but that actually brings me it's a perfect segue to bring up the next Mm. topic because yeah i mean we all know about imposter syndrome and we've we've done our research or figured out whatever ways that we gone to therapy yeah, gone to therapy yeah. figured out how to deal <laughs> with um imposter syndrome on a daily basis but there's definitely been a shift when it comes to the conversation about imposter syndrome and it would be crazy for us not to bring that up because Raquel you shared an article with our uh women's group at work about how we should stop telling women that they have imposter syndrome. And honestly, reading that article was so enlightening and and really eye-opening because- Totally. It just kind of made sense. And it was just another way that the patriarchy (laughs) has screwed us. Say it. (laughs) Say it, sis. Yeah. Uh, It's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's also just like putting us in a box, right? Like choosing one of the five. That's why I was like, well, we're all a little bit of all of them. Thanks for acknowledging that. Like, it's great. That makes us feel validated. But then it's like, okay, where do we go from here? Um, But yeah, go ahead, Rack. Well, I was going to say, like, I think the, the biggest thing that I took away from that article, I mean, on top of the fact that it's like inherently racist and discriminatory, but like, it's just... It's putting the solution or I guess the name of the problem on more specifically women, right? Like it's their feelings, their emotions, their, the, you know, their work. Um, it's saying, oh, okay, you, you feel this way because it's all you. It's your problem. You have to fix it. When really it's more about the workplace that is sort of cultivating this type of mentality. Yeah. And and it's kind of putting like the problem isn't us. The problem is our workplace. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that was just so impactful to hear because it's like I shouldn't have to take a course on imposter syndrome to get rid of my imposter syndrome. I should feel supported and, um, you know, in my workplace to know that I got the job because I'm qualified and I have the right experience and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just why, why is it on, you know, us to fix it when really it's, a, it's a better workplace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just, ha- it's another way that they've put the problem, like the issue on, on women. And it was so cool because you shared that article and then a week or two after the one of the authors of the article was doing a workshop which was called imposter syndrome is bullshit and she dug deep into it and she had us like talk about you know she was like asking so what do you feel like when you when you're experiencing imposter syndrome right and then everyone was sharing like their feelings like blah 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 blah. and then you start like reading the list of the things that people are saying and you're like how did somebody come up with a like scientifical like scientifical scientific (laughs) like psychological 
term for all these like mix of different feelings that we just that that we experience and these feelings are typically feelings that you get or you you have because of external factors and that they were able to somehow spin that and make it like an internal um, problem and on top of that adding the element of like a like a diagnosis almost where it's like you know you go to your therapist and they're like oh well you have imposter syndrome and then you're like wait a minute imposter syndrome was studied and excluded so many different groups and I myself one of the groups that weren't involved in this study I'm supposed to believe that I have this thing that you know like this almost like a disease like you know that that we have psychological condition yeah so I I didn't even know I didn't even clock that when I first read the definition at the beginning of the podcast and you were like oh a psychological condition because that is messed up (laughs) it's messed up and then you have one of the people that spoke at the end she was a, a therapist herself and she was trying to get a better understanding of how to talk about these kind of feelings of imposter syndrome without actually using the term and like leading her clients to believe or put themselves in this category or box like you said live of of having this psychological condition I don't know it was super eye-opening and totally changed the way that I look at imposter syndrome and and how I think about the work environment um but yeah luckily we have some very uplifting folks that we work with so that's good yes totally yeah I think I think with the help of that article it's it really puts everything into perspective and like it's just I feel like we need to dismantle this this term yes and think more about like if you're having these feelings like you don't need to look at yourself you need to like maybe it is something about yourself specifically and then obviously every situation is unique but maybe it's something about the work environment that's contributing to these feelings and what are what what can be done to fix that yeah or yeah and I do believe I was that... going to come up with another word for fix. <laughs> Resolve. <laughs> Resolve. Yeah. Or solutionize. <laughs> I do also think that, I mean, I, I like to think or I hope to think that if you were ever to approach a manager or a person higher above you and were to explain that you're feeling these feelings or whatever, that they would want to be they would want to help you and they wouldn't want you to feel that way like why would you have to feel crappy every day at work because of I don't know xyz I'm not going to get into the details but I feel like um your superiors can also help you um combat uh, another word for fix it um never mind um can help you combat these these feelings and emotions and i feel like it's nice to have somebody in your corner that is um that has experience and that has gone through similar things and that can be like yo 
this is not you. This is the environment and we're going to fix the environment and we're going to make it better so that you can come into work and not feel like an imposter. And I say imposter with uh, quotation marks because that's how we're saying it from now on because it's fake. It's not a real thing. (laughs) Yeah. Officially. Um, Yeah. And I think like one thing that really helps me is like having a manager that also like gives you enough positive feedback while also giving you maybe more critical feedback at the same time to like remind you that it's it's all about learning and growing and 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 just I don't know just having just reminding someone to remind you um like who's not in your head to say you are doing a great job and you are awesome and amazing and wonderful and beautiful and I love you (laughs) (laughs) and it's okay to make mistakes yeah exactly you want to hear that we're human but that being said there are tips for actually like if you really want to stand with imposter syndrome and you believe that you have this psychological uh, condition then there are tips for overcoming um, imposter syndrome and trips and tricks there are trips and ticks <laughs> <laughs> you're not even smiling Liv because <laughs> like how many times are you going to bring it up every time <laughs> we have tricks and tips in every episode so <laughs> it's very <laughs> true uh, it's our it's our internal podcast joke yeah our listeners inside are joke too, i'm sure <laughs> yeah mm. i hear them <laughs> <laughs> this would be a good place to put a laugh track yeah okay. good. <laughs> um but yeah okay so actual tips um well the first tip is that imposter room is bullshit so go with that but then the second tip <laughs> is, you know, reframe the tasks. So if you're facing an achievement-related task that prompts anxiety, self-doubt, or worry, try to reappraise or reframe the task itself as an opportunity to learn um, as opposed to mm. an occasion for proving yourself. Actually, that's a really good tip because, yeah, that for somebody like me, like the natural genius type or the soloist where I'm just like, I'm going to do oh, it yeah. by myself it's gonna be amazing and then it's not then it's a good opportunity to like know that you should ask questions and like get all your bearings before you dive into something and probably make the task a little less daunting so i actually like that one totally yeah like it's you know if everything was easy then like it'd be so boring like the challenges is part of the experience so Makes sense. Yeah, true. It's going to be challenging and you're probably not, you may not get it right the first time. I'm looking at both of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but you're amazing. Aw. And? And? Wonderful. And? And? And smart and intelligent. And? And? beautiful (laughs) we're looking for something else Mm -hmm. i love you yes there it is (laughs) (laughs) i was getting there (laughs) took a while yeah i was a little long-winded there was a lot of things i had to list (laughs) 
Okay. Um, okay. What, what else? else? Okay. So there is another type, which is work smart. So, okay. Basically, they're saying that anxiety, worry, self-doubt can prompt you to either procrastinate or over-prepare or both. So if you find yourself procrastinating on challenging or threatening tasks, try to reach out instead of tuning inwards, which is which is cool because it's kind of talks about like, you know, your environment kind of and you're like, OK, let me let me reach out to the external factors versus, I don't know, keeping everything. Mm. In. That's at least how I'm interpreting that. And find a peer who is also facing a challenging task and schedule a time to work together. That's weird in doing <laughs> so you'll be held <laughs> accountable no that's weird it's not like we're in, you know no that's really cute i love that like i mean i i can't really see that in, in like a work environment but like maybe when you're in school you're like okay let's let's both work on this project like maybe you're not working together but at least you're both there being like just do the work and stop procrastinating True. and just do it at, in school uh, that like makes, that that makes a lot more sense yeah i mean you could do it at work too where it's like but i just feel like it would have to be someone who's in the same role yeah. as you. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to... It's hard to well, remember. we can try it tomorrow. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Study group. Yeah. I've been watching Community. Um, yeah. So... Great show. It says there's definitely a place for going above and beyond, but give yourself permission to not do so always, which is a good tip, I guess. I guess. I don't agree with that. You I always want to go above yeah. and beyond, but then I was... <laughs> I really you should That's just a, chill sometimes. Yeah, so. like if you're gonna do something, do it a hundred percent. You can't always yeah, do that. That's my though. motto. You can't always do that. Sometimes you don't have time to do something a hundred percent. Get your spreadsheets ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next tip. There's only a couple more. Uh, feel the feel the relief and take ownership when you accomplish a difficult task. Allow yourself to feel relief, pride, or growth. If you're attributing your success to luck, reflect on the work you did to get there. Make a list of the actions you took. If you receive positive feedback, take it in. Your peers, instructors, advisors are not lying to you to make you feel better. They think you have done good work and deserve to feel good about it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I have a hard time receiving positive feedback. I know. Me too. I, I'm like, they're lying. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to make me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> And then you try to crack a joke to be like, to off, off-site the situation or off-hinder. I don't off-site. know what I'm saying. <laughs> Offset. Yes. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seek out tasks that you are good at. That seems like a cop-out to mm. me, actually. <laughs> okay. I'll... I mean, no, but if you like, if you pair that with things that are more challenging, then it's mm. like balance you know that's true then you can have those like Mm -hmm. dope hits you know where you can feel good and then maybe you're doing something you don't feel as good but then you remember that you did something really well last time so yeah no need to go into much more detail about that but yeah contributing your skills is affirming and i bet that like helps with like you know when you're you're dealing with a long to-do list and you're like, uh, like doing the small things first, small, easy things. And then it gets your momentum mm. going to do the more challenging stuff. So I'm sure that maybe that's what they mean by this as well. Good point. Also too as well. Good point. Yeah. Okay. And the last tip, the last trip and tick is seek support. <laughs> so remember, many people have 
experience the imposter syndrome at some point. So you're not alone. In fact, 70% of people have experienced imposter syndrome in their life. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, seek out the support of your peers or mentors, which is what we're doing right now. My peers. Yeah. Uh, or listen to this ep- podcast episode again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, basically they can just offer you affirmation that you belong and can offer insight into how they've dealt with similar experiences. So, and that you're smart, intelligent, wonderful, beautiful, and, and that I love you and that we love you. <laughs> we love you. Hey, <laughs> if you're out there, just know that you're smart, <laughs> beautiful, and I love you. <laughs> You can cut that out. Um, no, we'll keep that in. <laughs> I don't even know who I'm talking to. Just our ideal listener, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's about all I have to say on the topic, unless you all have anything mm-hmm. else to add. That was pretty much a good sum- summation. Yeah. 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 We've said everything we need to say about this. <laughs> Um, but let us know in uh, on Instagram when we post this episode. Let us know what you think. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. And don't forget to follow us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye. 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 <laughs>